2: It's time for the latest on the
3: Brewers, Bucks, and Packers, with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan.
4: Hour 2 of the Fan Afternoon Show underway. Sam Schmitz along with Adam Roberts on the other side of me. With you this afternoon, we are broadcasting live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Once again, new phone number here at 1250 AM. The Fan, 414-677-1250. Once again, 414-677-1250 you guys want to call us, we were talking about the Packers in the first hour of the show. We were joined by Bart Winkler as well to get his thoughts on that. We'll talk with Peter Brukowski in about an hour as well about Packers training camp, Al Lazard, David Bakhtiari. We'll also talk brewers as well at five 30 with David Gasper of reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast. And also keep it locked into the fan afternoon show in a little over an hour. We'll also be giving away four free Wisconsin state fair tickets that we have been doing and will be doing until August 3rd as well. But, Asking you guys, 414-677-1250. Diving back into the Milwaukee Brewers, and especially this Brewers offense, we're bringing back an old segment that we used to do on the afternoon sh- or I guess before it was the afternoon show, it was the Rami show, but Rami and I, we used to do this segment, and it is deal or no deal, but more importantly, it's big deal or no big deal. Oh, yeah. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is big deal or no big deal here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I've always kind of wondered how I would fare as a game show host. Probably wouldn't be. I think Rami would definitely be a better game show host than me. I'd probably be that, you know, typical contestant that screws everything up, that becomes a meme for years to come.
2: I actually have a little experience hosting some game show style events. Mostly whenever we have friends over, we always play uh not deal or no deal, family feud style events. And I always take on the role of Steve Harvey. And I think I flourish in it. Now, I don't think I could do what Howie Mandel does, constantly being on the phone with the banker. But I do enjoy that I whole uh, come yeah, on yeah. down sort I love, of thing.
4: Oh, uh, deal or no deal is literally my favorite game show growing up. But we are doing big deal or no big deal when it comes to this Brewers offense. Asking you guys on Twitter at 1250 a.m. The fan or. You can call us on the new phone line here on the station. It is 414-677-1250. Once again, 414-677-1250. Big deal or no big deal? It's Brewers offense and how they've been performing since the all-star break. Big deal or no big deal? And look, being the host, I guess I'll go first. I'll be host and contestant here real quick. How about that? Big deal or no big deal, this Brewers offense since the All-Star Break and how they've been performing on offense, especially. You're gonna probably hate my answer, but at the end of the day, I say not a big deal, but I would the very smallest sliver that I can say of big deal, I would. And I'll explain. Because at the end of the day, this Brewer's offense had a very strong performance coming out of the all-star break, going five and one on this home stand. They have, at the end of the day, been scoring 42 runs during this six-game stretch and put at least six runs across in five games. The Brewers averaged 8.4 runs in their five wins during the homestand and drew 31 walks in the six games overall as well. Some interesting, interesting numbers and numbers that this Brewers offense certainly wasn't putting up consistently in a small sample size throughout the first half of the season. The first half of the season, honestly, it just feels like it's... So long ago, and at the end of the day also, the first half of the season just does not matter. All that matters is how you play going into the postseason. And with this Brewers offense, I think it's a, I think it's a little interesting. I know we're only talking about six games, and I know when we post this on social media that that's going to be the main answer that we get from a lot of people. But 414-677-1250, you can play along. We'll give, you the, we'll give you the banker theme and stuff like that. Big deal or no big deal, this Brewers offense and how they've been performing since the All-Star break. I say the slightest that I can say of, it's a, kind of a big deal because I say that it's not just a coincidence that the Spurs offense was able to put up a bunch of runs against one, a, a sub 500 team against the Colorado Rockies. And then they were able to take a two game series against the Minnesota twins, first place team in baseball, but probably the worst first base, you know, first place team in baseball at the end of the day. And they're terrible pitching staff, but I think there's something to be said about this Brewers offense in the way that they're doing it, and it's not just a coincidence, because once I said I played one of the uh, sound bites for Bart Winkler early in the show, I talked about Hunter Renfro after Sunday's win. I didn't realize it, but apparently, according to Hunter Renfro, the team got together a little bit and decided to kind of change their approach a little bit. Instead of going for the home run or nothing, which they pretty much always do and have been doing in the first half of the season... Hunter Renfro admitted that they are trying to drive the pitch count up. They're trying to just take what the other team gives them. They're trying to do a little, as Brewers fans want and have been preaching for, a little more small ball. And you saw it over the weekend, and you saw it in yesterday's game, even though Roddy Telez hits two home runs, Luis Arias. I mean, at the end of the day, they're doing things that they weren't doing in the first half, this Brewers offense, and they're doing it at a pretty frequent you know, pace in this little six-game sample here. And as I always say, and my main thing about this Brewers offense since the you know second half has begun, it's one thing to talk the talk. But you got to walk the walk. And it's not just a coincidence that they ended up coming back on Sunday and Andrew McCutcheon has a clutch two-run RBI double. They're doing things that they weren't doing in the first half of the season. My main thing is, is that how many times when they were down or they lost the lead, even if it was just two runs or three runs and be like, well, that's it. Game's over. Maybe the second inning, but the Brewers are already down 2 nothing. They're already down 3-2. All right. That's probably it. The Brewers offense isn't doing anything here. But it's kind of been different since the All-Star break ended because we've seen comebacks. We've seen them answer right away. I mean, case in point in game one of this two-game series against Minnesota Twins that just wrapped up. I remember the, the main one that sticks out to me because it was you know so quick was the Brewers lose the lead, it was like, you know, six to five, Minnesota, and then all of a sudden, boom, the next inning, Colton Wong hits a home run and ties it right away. Just stuff like that. It's it's not what they're doing beforehand. And if they're if they can do it more frequently, if they can translate it to the rest of the second half of the season, I kind of like what the Brewers are cooking with. And this was Andrew McCutcheon. We talked about Hunter Renfro's comments. Andrew McCutcheon was the first one to kind of bring this up to the media on Sunday after the win. This is what McCutcheon said about the Brewers kind of changing their philosophy when it comes to how they approach pitchers and everything on offense?
3: It's, it's showing that, uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's uh, taking advantage of what they give you. Take what they give you. Uh, I think when we go through those ruts, a lot of times we try and create something that's not there.
1: Uh, and uh, we
3: try to do a little too much. And I think uh, once should take the uh, next guy up, mentality when we're just like all right he didn't give me anything next guy up you know and I think when we do that continue just to trust the guy behind you Uh, that's when good things happen
4: so like I said it's one thing to just talk about it but the Brewers have actually been doing it since they came out of the all-star break and I know it's only six games but aside from the shutout against the Colorado Rockies on Monday which that's that's a whole other thing that this Brewers offense has to fix the the struggles against left-handed pitching but They've done it, what they've been talking about, pretty much this entire series and this entire homestand against the Colorado Rockies and Minnesota Twins. So it is a very small sample size, but when I hear that from Andrew McCutcheon, when I heard that also pretty much echoed from Hunter Renfro as well, that this team got together and they're trying to you know, just take what the other team gives them. They're trying to go with the small ball approach just a little more often. Obviously, they're still hitting a ton of home runs, but I like it. I like what the Brewers are cooking with, especially if they add a bat. We always talk about, and Bart Winkler and myself were talking about this earlier in the last hour, that this Brewers offense, they're going to have to get it done not only by bringing in somebody, but it's, it's especially going to be from within themselves. Two to three guys are going to have to step up. And 414-677-1250. Once again, 414-677-1250. New phone number here at 1250. Aim the fan. Asking you guys, big deal or no big deal, this Brewers offense, since they've come out of the all-star break, big deal or no big deal? And do you like, are you seeing anything different from this Brewers offense? You can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan, or you can call in 414 677 1250. I mentioned it's not going to just be enough to bring in a bat, it's going to have to be two to three guys that are going to step up on this team as well to make up for the fact that they don't have an all star in this lineup. They don't have a guy that other teams probably fear. And thankfully for this Brewers team, three guys, four guys really on this offense have really stepped up and gotten back to their normal selves since the all-star break ended. And that's what we were kind of talking about. I believe it was on Tuesday. We were asking, well, if some of these guys can get back to their career averages, that's probably just as big as bringing in a bat. And look, I've been very, I was very harsh in this Brewers offense going into the all-star break. I'm like, I just, I don't see any way that they can get it done in the world series, but if they can translate this to the rest of the second half of the season, they bring in somebody else. Might change my outlook. We could start talking about the Brewers actually being able to win some series in the playoffs. So, 414, 677, 1250. After the break, I'll talk about which players I'm talking about exactly that I think have really stepped it up since the second half kicked off. We'll look at their numbers during this homestand and whether whether or not they can keep it up. We'll get Adam's thoughts on this as well. Want to hear from you guys. We'll look at your comments on social media. 414, 677, 1250. Big deal or no big deal? This Brewers offense and how they've been performing. Since the second half kicked off, more coming up here on the Fan Afternoon Show on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. It is Sam Schmitz along with Adam Roberts. Time for big deal or no big deal here Woo! on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Asking you guys right now on the Fan Afternoon Show. We are doing big deal or no big deal again. It's one of my favorite segments that we used to do with Rami and myself, but we are bringing it back for this Brewers topic. Asking you guys right now, 414-677-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 and the Fan. Once again, new phone number here at 1250 and the Fan. 414-677-1250. More clear phone lines, better technology. Makes everybody's lives easier. So feel free to call in if you want as well. But asking you guys Spurs offense and how they've been performing since the all-star break. You buying it, you selling it. Is it a big deal? Is it a no big deal? And my answer in the previous segment was you're going to probably hate my answer, but I'm kind of like teetering the line here and I'm saying it's I think a big deal, not a big deal. Cause it's obviously only six games, but based on what Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon have been preaching about how they're trying to do a little more when it comes to a little more small ball and stuff like that. And trying to take what the other team gives them and, Drive the pitch counts up, and they're actually doing it against some of these teams that they played in this little homestand. They went five and one as well. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably buy because we all know how the Brewers perform in the second half of the season under Craig Counsell. Last year they were so good that they got called before the playoffs because they were so good that they had that big of a division lead. And I'm buying this too because if it was if it was just this Brewers offense that was gonna hopefully do something similar to this the rest of the second half of the season and be the offense that we're hopefully expecting them to be or at least get close to it without bringing a bat I've been like yeah I'm not buying it I mean it's it's good what they're doing but it's probably not going to be enough but if you combine a sliver of this or if you can replicate a third of this along with bringing another bat it might change my perspective on how this team is during the second half of the season and how I view them going into the postseason as well and asking you guys once again 414 677, seven, 1250. Before I get into some of the players that I think are really big contributors from this Brewers homestand, who I think have to be big contributors going forward, I turn to the other side and I ask Adam Roberts, Time to step down for big deal or no big deal, Adam. Where are you, where you, where you from, Adam?
2: Uh, I, I'm All from right. Fond du Lac, it Mr.
4: Mandel. It doesn't matter. Adam, big deal or no big deal? Did you just Dwayne me? I did. Big deal or no big deal? This Brewers offense and how they've been performing since the All Star break.
2: I have to recover quickly. Oh. Ah, Mr. Host, I say Hello, <laughs> hello. I say it is, in fact, a big deal. And why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sam. As we look at some of these numbers, and of course uh, we are only drive, six games into the second half of the right. season.
4: Like I said, I, I understand it's a very small sample size.
2: Exactly. Well, Tim Allen, host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show, had me, as you know, because you were here as well, compile some numbers and statistics before we got into the postgame show after yesterday's 10-4 to win. Oh, yeah, look at you. Yeah. And one of the numbers that stuck out to me, which was crazy for him too, was that the team in these last six games has been walked 31 times, which indicates to me that they are, at least through these again, six games, understanding that maybe we don't have to try and swing for the fences. Getting on base is not a horrible thing. I heard on the morning show, Bart is very – we didn't talk about this when he was here. Yeah. He gets so mad whenever Christian Yelich walks.
3: Oh, Even man. when
2: he walked in a run yesterday against the Twins, it still irked him in a way. And I don't care. I I understand that the contract is big for him, and if you – pay a guy that much you want and maybe expect someone like that to be getting those big grand slam hits when the bases are loaded right or whatever but we saw what he was like most of the first half of the season and the role as the leadoff man at least historically has always been to just get on base by any means necessary and that's what he's doing right
4: and so you bring up a good point adam that christian yelich i mean i get why people are frustrated with him i'm kind of in, i'm kind of in the middle between you guys i'm kind of like yeah, okay, at least Christian Yelich is doing something. At least he's getting on base more often. At least he's drawing walks. And I get why Bard is mad because at the end of the day, look, he hasn't had a clutch hit all season. Aside from the sacrifice fly against the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday night baseball, there's no, there's no moment where Christian Yelich is literally winning you a game
2: this season. So we're still waiting for that, but I get where he's coming from. So to the point of it being a big deal, I say it's going to be a big deal in selective spurts right. for the second half because you're going to be playing teams that – I mean, unless it's apparently the Pittsburgh Pirates, because it seems every year this Brewers team somehow in a four-game series will drop three of four to that godforsaken team. <laughs> but otherwise, i look at the schedule for the second half, starting with this weekend, a three-game set against what I would consider probably an angry Boston team.
4: Oh, they're going to put up a fight, that's for sure. I mean, granted, tomorrow they're throwing out one of their you know young prospects, Brian Bayo, who has like a 10.5 ERA, so... Hopefully this offense can keep things going, but the rest of that series, yeah, this Boston Red Sox, they are trying to convince their fans that they're not sellers.
2: And Bayo has to go up against Woody as well. Right. So at that series, yes, keeping these lessons with you is going to be a big deal. You've got a two-gamer against Tampa Bay in August, and then a four a seven-game stretch after that at St. Louis for three, home against the Dodgers for four. Those games in mid-August. I think we, as people who do this for a living, we analyze sports, we talk about sports. I think it's going to be really important for us, especially, to really watch those seven games and see if what we're seeing right now translates to that stretch of games. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't yet seen the Brewers have to go up against the best team in the National League. And not too long after that, I guess it's a little bit deeper into September, they get six games against the Yankees and the Mets, all at American Family Field. That's going to be another time where I want to see, are we keeping these lessons and are we using them against these better teams? Or is this just going to be, well, we can do it against the Rockies. They're on their way out. They're probably going to start selling this week. And then the Twins, who I think are the biggest faker division leader in the entire major leagues right now. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm including the Brewers, Brewers fans who don't believe in this team.
4: Once again, 414 677 1250. If you want to talk about this Brewers offense after the All Star break, you bring up a good point, though, Adam. And doing my whole thing right now is on top of the fact that they're actually making a conscious effort to change things up at the plate and how they are trying to attack pitchers, you bring up the walks. And yesterday, the Brewers drew a season high 10 walks yesterday. And that's another one of my points is that they're doing uncharacteristic things that they weren't doing in the first half. And I know it's only six games, but. If they're actually talking about it and they're able to do it, well, hopefully, this can translate to the rest of the half, you know, second half of the season, along with bringing in some extra help at the trade deadline. So we look at guys that we are hoping to, you know, get back to at least to their normal selves or had to step up for the second half of the season. Toby and I were talking about last week. And one of those guys was Luis Arias, who was number two on our list that Brewers offensive players that needed to step up for the second half of the season. Well, in this little six game stretch, Luis Arias went eight for 21. He batted 380 and had two home runs, seven RBI, four runs, four walks, and a pair of walk-off hits as well. That's exactly what you wanted to see from Luis Arias, who was scorching hot when he came back from injury to begin the season, and then got super cold. So, if this offense is going to, ha- if this offense is going to go, if it's going to be legitimate, if it's going to actually ha- be able to win playoff series, Luis Arias is going to have to step up. Colton Wong also going to have to step up, and thankfully, to begin the second half of the season. He's been great as well. Nine for 21 in the six games, you know, little homestand, 428 during that time, or 428 batting during that time as well. One home run in the homestand, two RBI, eight runs, three walks, and then the last guy we all know who was red hot in this homestand was Hunter Renfro, one of the guys that you heard from earlier in the show, and I'll play right now for you in case you're just tuning in. 414-677-1250. Are you buying what this Brewers offense is doing, do you think they can essentially keep it up for the rest of the second half of the season if they bring in another bat as well? Hunter Renfro talked after Sunday's win about the offense trying to switch things up.
5: Uh, I mm-hmm. think more than anything, I think we've kind of put a little bit more emphasis on uh, making sure we get guys over when we need to, uh, trying to drive guys in when we need to, and, and uh, try to just put a little bit more extra focus on, on the small details of it, mm-hmm. and um, more than anything, thing like, I think it was maybe the first game and cold late a bunt down and, and uh, stuff like that, and things we had not been doing earlier, so uh, we're trying to just create runs any way we can, and it uh, seems to be working right now.
3: And you did it late today with two outs, a lot of times two strikes,
5: how was that,
3: a re- why was
5: that a reason you guys were able to be successful? I mean, I think more than anything, we're just wearing down pitchers. You know, I think we're just trying to grind out of bats and, and uh, foul pitches off that are tough to hit and, and try to get our pitch so we can finally hit. And, and uh, like Cushman, I he took some great pitches and it fouls some balls off and finally got a pitch to could handle and, and drove it out of center field. So uh, more than anything, I think it's just, you know, we're trying to grind out of bats. We're trying to just do everything we can to uh, help these pitchers out as much as we can. So um, that's about it. So
4: that was Hunter Renfro after Sunday's victory against the Rockies talking about how they're actually, they got together and they made a conscious effort to try to switch things up at the plate. And I know it's six games and, but my point is they actually were able to back that up. It would be kind of embarrassing if they talked about that and then they got swept, you know, got shut out in all three games after Sunday. But aside from the left-handed pitching thing that is still bothering this Brewers offense, they actually kind of lived up to the talk that they were explaining about what Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon were talking about there. but. My whole point is that they're doing uncharacteristic things. That they can do just a sliver of this, if guys like Luis Arias, Colton Wong, and Hunter Renfro can be main staples of this offense, along with Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez, and you bring in a bat. I like what the Brewers are doing here in the second half of the season, and we all know how they perform in the second half of the season under Craig Council going into the playoffs. And I think this might change my opinion just a little bit on how I view this Brewers team. But we'll talk about this more during Pickle Lane in 5 o'clock. And we'll also talk with David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew Podcast at 4.30 or at 5.30, excuse me. We'll talk brewers later on during the show as well. But coming up at 4.30, as it is now, it is time for night's Gourmet Popcorn. We'll do that. And we'll also hear from Matt LaFleur afterwards here on the Afternoon Show with Sam Schmitz on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is The Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz, Adam Roberts with you this afternoon. I want to remind you guys, never miss a moment on the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. So you can miss or make sure you don't miss moments like this beautiful Night's Gourmet Popcorn theme song sung by Bart Winkler.
6: Come on now and try to understand the way this popcorn feels in my hand. Take a scoop and put it in your mouth, and eat some now. Blah. Yes, eat some now. Blah. Yes, eat some now. Blah. Why?
0: Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why?
6: A lot. Why? Every
0: time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet?
1: financing Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Ow, wow ow, wow ow, ow. Gourmet Nights Popcorn.
3: I mean Nights Gourmet Popcorn. They've got caramel corn and sweet cherry corn. And double cheddar cheese. Double cheddar cheese yeah 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 you have some night's nice gourmet popcorn try, try nights nice gourmet popcorn cherry sweet corn or milwaukee mix you gotta have that nice gourmet popcorn
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the song that is sweeping literally the nation or state of Wisconsin, especially because we're getting Twitter videos now. We're getting, I see people at the Brewers game with Night's Gourmet Popcorn. We got people singing the theme song. It is time for Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery, providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Make sure when you go to Night's Gourmet Popcorn, mention 1250 AM the fan for 20% off your order. A reminder as well. If you're going to German Fest, Knight's Gourmet Popcorn is going to be there as well. So while you're walking around doing, taking in all the festivities, make sure to grab some Knight's Gourmet Popcorn as well.
2: I'm going to keep my eye out for them. Going to be there on Sunday for the Dachshund Derby.
4: Well, as Terrell Owens would say, Get your popcorn ready. Thank you, T.O. It is time for Draft Mockery and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is the Raging Canadian the one and only, you hear him on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, and this week on the Bart Winkler Show,
3: Tim Shea. What's up, Tim? All twelve fifty.
4: All right, yeah, that yeah. is our uh, that is our new phone number. Thank you for reminding the people. How are you doing today? Thank you. Oh, just lovely, Sam. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's time for Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Before we get into today's draft, a recap of yesterday's draft. Myself,
3: Sam, 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 before you get into the recap, okay, uh, the song that's that's uh all over the state of Wisconsin right now is Scrub a Dub. All versions of
4: oh, uh, you're lucky that North. all right, you're lucky that you're, you're lucky that Night's Gourmet Popcorn sponsors this segment, and I won't bring in Scrub a Dub, but um, all right, I fine. agree, I you know, it is interesting, but it could that's because it's so bad, you know, Tim. Your Scrub a Dub is so bad. Bart's Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery theme song is actually just pure gold. All right, anyways, yesterday, myself, Bathtub Matt, and Adam Roberts, we drafted Things You Need in the Wilderness. No, no communication devices and no vehicles. I ended up winning the draft, almost had a really nice victory. I finished in first place with 71% of the vote. Bathtub Matt ended up finishing with 15% of the vote in second place. Adam Roberts, you finished in third with 14%. The standings now are in Knights Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Season 3, I'm in the lead with 10 victories. Toby Altizer in second with six. Uh, Kevin Holden, Stephanie Sutton, Tim Allen all tied for third with two each. Evan Heffelfinger, Tim Shea, Adam Roberts, Bart Winkler, Scott Grotzky all in fourth with one. All right. Today's draft, we did this on Monday, and I wanted to do the current version of it, but we never got to it because you know the Choco Taco got discontinued. And then yesterday we had bathtub Matt who wanted to do his topic. So today in honor of Monday's topic, we're doing the current athlete version of players that you'd want on your team in an anchor man style street fight. All right. All right. Got it. <laughs> Thanks for the input, Tim. <laughs> don't speak all at once. All right. Based on uh all right. I shut gratis. up. Tim. Shut up. Tim.
2: <laughs> we sorry. don't say the S word around here. I'm sorry. I,
4: I'll say it. I don't care. What are they going to do? Um, Based on yesterday's draft, the order for today, Adam, you'll have the first overall pick. Ooh. Uh, Tim Shea, you'll have the second pick. I'll be going third. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for speaking. All right, Adam, first pick. And today's current athletes, now, once again, no boxers, no UFC fighters, just NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA players that you want on your team for a street fight, Anchorman
2: style. All right. So if I remember correctly, this was one of the selections when we did this earlier, now this is a current athlete, so it does still count. Okay. I'm going to go with the big, bad Aaron Donald. Oh, man. You learned from the
4: best, and you took my uh, number one pick from Monday. So well, I'm we're always you, learning. I'm glad you're you, well, I'm glad you learning, especially when you didn't take an NHL player. So, it's a good pick. Good pick.
2: All right, Tim Shea. You're oh, he's not a current player, so. Aaron Donald? Ty Domi. Oh. He hasn't been in the NHL for a long time.
4: Well, that's why you don't take that guy first overall. Exactly, I don't even know who the hell I'd be you're made about. a fool of. All right, Tim Shea, your first pick today.
3: Um, I think this guy's playing still, maybe not. I can still check. And Donovan, two. That was uh, Tim's first pick, actually, too,
4: on Monday as well. So I feel he's like cur- he's currently playing, right? What's that? He's still playing, right? I believe so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Tampa
4: Bay. Uh, Give yep. Give me him. All right. Hmm. You guys, I'm not going to lie. You guys threw me off because I was hoping Ooh. once again that I could get Aaron Donald uh, with my first pick, but I guess I'm not going to. And by the way, Packers, uh, Brewers, bucks they're all on the board as well. So with that, I'm going to go with the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm going to dip my toes in the NBA because at the end of the day, I feel like Giannis, we all joke, especially Celtics fans joke about how the guy could be an NFL linebacker. Well, guess what? On my team, he's going to be just that. So give me Giannis with my first pick. Adam, back to you.
2: All right. Let's see. So we're going current players. Now, our callers would have you believe that current athletes are not built to be fighters. They've gone soft. It's the me, me, me generation. Well, I would disagree. I think there are plenty of good options. For example, I'm going to go right in our yard here, and I think... A J. Dillon would be a good guy in a street fight because he shut, he got away yeah. from that police officer and did his Lambo leap at the soccer game. Yeah. That's the kind of tenacity I want on my team.
4: I thought you were going to bring up the uh, mascot that he just, you know, ended his life right. Oh then yeah, and there. he
2: trucked Elvis the Kingfish. All right, poor guy,
4: poor guy. All right, that's a good one. It's a good one. Tim Shea, your second pick.
3: All right, so Sam, you picked Giannis, right? I did. He's not. Uh... He's not the answer to Kumpo with the most energy. <laughs> oh, okay. Give me give me fanastics. Give me fanasty. I
4: see what you guys are doing. You saw I pandered and you're like, I want to get on that pandering I, action I as pander- well.
2: I only eat at Panda Express.
4: Okay. That was a bad joke. Uh all right. Terrible. So I see what you're doing, Tim though. You want to combat like my brother you want to combat you wanna bring in the brotherly brother rivalry is what you want to do i
3: guess oh, i mean who gets a, who gets a bigger applause when he comes into a game that yeah. so
4: all right um man this is you know hosting the show is a lot harder i see why rami was so bad at this because i really don't have time to put together a big board so i'm just kind of doing this on the fly um <laughs> but i mean look look what he did against mason rudolph on a on a you know night game in the nfl the guy i feel like if he was in a street fight and no rules were applied, Miles Garrett would be pretty good. So I'm going to go Miles Garrett with my second pick. Feel free to all, you know, you guys can chime in as well. Great, great pick.
3: Great pick.
4: You guys act like you're the Packers media, all right, when you're on Nightscore May Popcorn Draft Mockery, please. Feel free to just. Fine, fine. Say it again. Say your pick again. Going with Miles Garrett. (laughs) Thank you, Packers media. Jeez. You know, I don't know why I decided to bother, you know, teaming you guys up at the end of the day, you guys have like the worst finishes in draft mockery when it comes to single game performances.
3: I at least I've won one. Okay, here. Yeah, I got a, a
2: couple, including Tim, last season. Tim
4: Shea somehow finished with two percent on a night's gourmet popcorn draft mockery. How people is that even forget. possible? How is that possible, Tim? Um,
3: people aren't being smart with their votes. Jeez,
4: okay? you going to blame the people, not yourself. It starts from looking within, wanna- Tim.
3: I want a recount. Okay. You're not going to get it. All
4: right. Um, So I went with Miles Garrett for my second pick. Adam, I believe this is your third pick.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. With pick number three, why don't we dive into the world of Major League Baseball? So if Hmm. I'm thinking street fight, right now I've got just pure muscle in A.J. Dillon. Right. I've got size in Aaron Donald, but I need some athleticism. I need someone who can move around, box out, Get some space so the big guys can do their dirty work. Let me get, and this is going to be kind of a surprise, I want Mike Trout. Because I don't know if there's any baseball player Mm. right now who has more just pure athleticism. I was going to go maybe another baseball player, quite tall, plays on the East Coast. But Mike Trout, even though he's injured right now, probably isn't going to play the rest of the year when he's in his prime. I think he's the most athletic player in baseball. Give me Mr. Trout.
4: I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. I think those guys in the East Coast, either one of them, would have probably been a better pick, unfortunately.
2: East Coast, Beast Coast?
4: Yeah, especially when they're on Not the Not West Coast, Yankees. Best but, Coast? I mean, look, we're talking about a guy who, I mean, Mike Trout's probably going to pull something in his back before the fight's even over.
2: Mm. Like he did right
4: now. I mean... They're talking about, they, they literally had to talk the media down into saying that Mike Trout's career isn't over right now because he's dealing with a back injury that might plague him for the rest of his career.
2: Well, he's also in the Angels organization. They're not exactly known for good PR. He's
4: going to be an angel after he goes up against Miles Garrett and Giannis DeCumbo in a street fight. Sheesh. All right, Tim, your third pick in today.
3: I'm going back in the NBA. NBA? i going green on green.
4: <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I don't know about that one might work against you, Tim. No, it won't. Because look, Draymond Green can talk the talk in the NBA and he can probably back himself up uh, with his fight and all that. But I, I think when he's going up against some of these NFL players, he might uh, turn into a little puppy dog at the end of the day.
3: Not at all. Draymond Green's going to be my finisher. All right. He's Sounds good. Finish
4: so. I'm taking uh they nickname this guy Bain on the green Bay Packers. He has a motor that just never ends and, to be honest, is one of the more freakish athletes that I think I wouldn't want to go across. I'm going to go with Rashawn Gary for my third pick in today's draft. Adam, last round of current athletes you would want on your team for a street fight.
2: Hmm. So I've got two football players and a baseball player. I guess I just don't think of basketball athletes as people I would want in a street fight.
4: I mean, they flop almost as much as soccer players, so I don't blame you. Hmm.
2: Man. And it's a historically known tradition on draft mockery. Once we get to the fourth round, it does kind of get tricky. Is it? Eh, a little bit. Hmm. What about... Hmm. Well, in a normal year, I would say David Bakhtiari, but he may never play again for the Packers, so... Can't go there. What about... You're going to eventually
4: turn into the Minnesota Vikings from, a, you know, a couple drafts ago.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, this is tricky. Uh, I could give
4: you, like, five NFL players off the top of my head right now if you need it.
2: What about... Okay, all right, I got one. Underrated as hell for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We mentioned him yeah. on the afternoon show the other yes, day.
4: this is one of them. Good Vita Ve. Wow, all right. Probably your best pick of the draft as far as value-wise. Good job, you you rebounded right there. All right, Tim Shea, your last pick and current athletes you want on your team
3: for a street fight. I need, I need someone, someone big. Yeah. Give me not like big good name, just big. Give me newly acquired, newly traded from Pittsburgh to the New York Mets.
0: Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> I
4: mean, huh. Okay, I got to think about this one for a second here. Daniel Vogelbach, you're going. I'm going to ram you. Oh, that was the wrong one. <laughs> that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, old drop. Where's the Vogelbach? Oh, here we go. Jeez. All right. Vogelbach. Thank you, Kevin Holden. <laughs> Your
2: guy, Tim.
4: I don't know. Daniel, I feel like Daniel Vogelbach's better pick than Mike Trout. That's an interesting one. I'm kind of curious how it's going to go for you in draft mockery.
3: Mike? Crowded, broken. Okay. Yeah,
4: exactly, Adam. You drafted Christian McCaffrey of you know the NFL street fight or you know current athlete street fight essentially.
2: I don't know, but then I rebounded with a really good pick for my fourth when I couldn't even think of anybody for thirty seconds.
4: All right, last pick of today's draft: current athletes you want on your team for a street fight. I feel like we kind of forget about well, if I if I pick this guy, I feel like a lot of people won't know who that is right off the bat. I was going to go with Chris Jones from the Kansas City Chiefs cuz that dude is just an animal and cannot be stopped and is huge and strong. Um, do I take another broken NFL lineman similar to Mike or a defensive lineman like Mike Trout? Hmm. Now I'm kind of struggling. I think I'm going to go with though. I'm going to you know, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs for my last pick. I mean, I love Kenny Clark, but Chris Jones is like right there as the best interior defensive lineman. So, give me Chris Jones of my last pick. Adam, a recap of the teams of current athletes we want on our team for a
2: street fight. You got it, Howie Mand. Or, excuse me, Sam Schmidt. In today's Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery, current athletes you would want in a street fight. I, with the first pick, took Aaron Donald, and followed it up with A.J. Dillon, Mike Broken Trout, and Vita Vey. Tim Shea, <laughs> Bonamego Jr., Canada's Zone. You selected, with your first pick, Ndomikin Donkey Kong Sue. Donkey Kong Sue. We also had Thanassus, Antedakumpo, Draymond Green, and Daniel Vogelbach, Vogelbach, who I have shortened to just Vogelbach for character limit reasons, but I think everyone will know who I'm referring to. I hope. Hasn't been gone that long. And then Sam, with your first pick, you took Yales, Miles Garrett, Rashawn Gary, and Kansas City Chief. Chris Jones. You'll be able to vote at these selections in just a moment at 1250 AM the Fan on Twitter.
4: That was Knights Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Knights Gourmet Popcorn providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Mention 1250 AM the fan for 20% off when you go there. They're also Knights Gourmet Popcorn Knights Gourmet Popcorn, I should say, is what they call themselves. We'll be at German Fest this weekend, so when you're walking around, enjoying the festivities, grab some Knights Gourmet Popcorn as well to walk along with. Tim Shea, the Raging Canadian, I'm sure we'll hear from you on the Brewer's Post Game, or Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show, haha, And we'll hear from you on the Bart Winkler Show tomorrow morning as well. Thank you for the time, and as always, love you. Love you too, guys, and uh, I'm
3: going to go too. get some of, that, some of that popcorn right now.
4: Sounds good. Grab me some while you're at it. That was Knights
3: Gourmet deal, Popcorn. Dill picker- pickled flavor, Sam. The dill pickled flavor for you.
4: Goodbye. It wasn't that bad. I like the dill pickle flavor at Night's Gourmet Popcorn. is very good. Make sure you try it. All right. That was Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery here on the afternoon show. Coming up after this, we will hear from Matt LaFleur, who spoke at Packers training camp today. That's coming up next here on 1250 AM. The Fan. It is the fan afternoon show here on 1250 AM The fan, Sam Schmidt's hosting today. Before we get to the top of the hour, we'll talk with Peter Bukowski, some more Packers, Training Camp, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari at five o'clock. But before that, I want to remind you guys about the podcast called Unwritten. Dive into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rule book with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. Unwritten looks at all the secret and not-so-secret guidelines that big leaguers follow. While playing the game, Ron and Jimmy give you players' perspective on bat flips, beanballs, brawls, and more. Download unwritten on the Free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a reminder, you guys, coming about up in about probably 20 minutes or so after we talk with Peter Bukowski, we'll give you guys another shot to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. We'll tell you the details in a little bit as well, but make sure to stay tuned to 1250 AM the fan. In the meantime, before we get to Peter Bukowski want to hear from Packers head coach Matt LaFleur who spoke to the media today at Packers training camp on 1250 a.m. the fan we saw Hanson running with the ones yesterday what the, what stood out about him in the spring that you uh,
6: gave him that opportunity yeah he's a guy that's consistently improved throughout his time here so uh again you're going to see a lot of different combinations especially early on in camp and just allowing guys to compete and we'll, we'll try to find the best five to go out there and help us win
2: How long do you kinda take the the personnel groupings that you had in mind coming into camp and and give a sample size before you start shaking things up? How large of a sample size do you need to see from these guys?
6: Well, I think everything's fluid, like I mentioned yesterday. So, um, that's just something that typically I don't like to have a script too far in advance, especially with, you know, you have guys coming off PUP or NFI or coming back from injury, or you have guys that may unfortunately get injured so um, all of that's pretty fluid but we, we usually script out like you know three to four days in advance just to keep us uh, in front of everything and make sure our players have the information and whatnot and have a focus but you know throughout the course of camp it's, it's so fluid
3: with, with a bunch of guys though is that impacting how you're running practice like during the off season there's times where you put you had two groups going at the same time is that um, guys prohibiting that at the
2: moment? Yeah,
6: absolutely. No doubt about it, And, um, but I, I think just looking back to a year ago, typically we, we call that a two spot when, when you got both groups going at the same time. Um, it just allows for a more efficient practice so you don't have to be out there quite as long because I know you guys are always out there with a stopwatch seeing how long we're on the grass. So um, it just allows us to get, get our work in in a more efficient manner, um, and making sure that everybody gets uh, enough reps. Uh, But right now, yeah, anytime you have one position group that's a little down on numbers, it definitely affects that. But again, last year, I don't think we uh, implemented that until about the the fourth practice or so.
3: Speaking of time on the field, obviously it was limited to 90 minutes yesterday, I think 105 today. Do you shorten periods, or do you just cut out stuff that you would normally do and then you add it when time
6: go up. Yeah, I would say it's both. You know, some periods are a little bit shorter and then we we definitely cut out some stuff as well. I think we had three team periods yesterday. Today we'll have four with everybody and then we'll we'll end practice a little early and then just having a developmental period that's, you know a few plays to make sure that those young guys are continuing to develop because I think that's one of the challenges when you do have those time constraints and certainly we're, we're aware of that at all times just the amount of volume you're putting on your players I think a coach's natural tendency is to want to be out there forever and, and really in the grand scheme of uh, or over the course of training camp it can kind of set you back because if you lose somebody then I mean, that that affects every other day down the road. So we want to be intentional and smart about how we implement uh, you know, all our systems and, and allow these guys to kind of acclimate themselves back to training camp.
4: That was Packers head coach Matt LaFleur addressing the media earlier today at Packers training camp. Coming up next here on the Fan Afternoon Show, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers and the Leap newsletter, as well as give you guys another shot to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets In a couple minutes here on the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan.